Support for this podcast comes from Clevery, the leading soft skills platform for matching and recruiting. Backed by 30 years of scientific research and assessment development, Clevery helps you to predict job performance and hire the right talent to build a winning team. Grow faster by focusing on what matters most, soft skills. Visit www.clevery.com and clevery spelled C-L-E-V-R-Y to discover how companies like British Gas, Asda and Marks and Spencer hire better with Clevery and schedule your demo today. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 452 of the Recruiting Future podcast. I'm finally back in Scotland after a summer of much travelling. So normal service is now resumed and the podcast is back into its regular rhythm of two new shows a week. Assessment and selection continue to be an area of debate, investment and technological innovation. So what's been happening in the space over the last 12 months and more importantly, what is working? It's my great pleasure to welcome Netherlands-based consultant Baz van der Hattred back to the show as my guest this week. Baz has been on the podcast a few times discussing new thinking and assessment and runs an awards program for innovation in assessment. His 2022 awards have just been judged and he joins us to update us on what is working and discuss the different approaches the shortlisted organisations have taken. Hi Bass and welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be back again Matt. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Before we start though, for people who may not have heard your previous episodes or may not have come across the brilliant work that you do, could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? All right. My name is Bas van der Haantert. I am based in the Netherlands uh, and I help companies recruit smarter. And uh, one of the topics we've talked a lot about in the past was corporate career sites. I'm still very active on those. But uh, actually, once you fix the problems with the attraction and mainly the conversion piece, sometimes you go to the selection piece. And that's one of the things I've been helping companies with for the past, uh, I don't know, decade almost in how do you actually select on talent? And one of the great things uh, which I've been noticing everywhere is as soon as you select on actual quality, labor market discrimination disappears. So increase diversity by selecting on quality. Um, and that's one of the things I'm very passionate about, Matt. Absolutely. And you've been on the podcast three or four times just talking about assessment. And for, for the last few years, you've come on and given us an update in terms of what's happening in the market. There's, you know, there's been some innovative stuff around selection for a, for a number of years. And it's great to have you back to really give us an update on what's going on. Before we dive into that, though, I just want to ask you very quickly, I'm sort of asking, I'm asking this to everyone who comes on the show at the moment. What's your view on the state of the, the labor market from, from, from your angle? Obviously, you know, things are, are very volatile, very different from different people's positions. What are you seeing in the market at the moment? Well, um, in the Netherlands, we don't really have the great resignation, um, as in not that many people are quitting their jobs, but we have actually, we have laws which 
basically your boss cannot deny if you want to work a day or half a day in the week less. Uh, You know, they have to have really, really big reasons not to allow that. And what we've seen is like a part-time resignation. So everybody started working even less and we already had the least working labor market in the Netherlands. So right now we're really struggling also to find people because let's be, uh, uh, to give you a perfect example, in my general practitioner's uh, practice, there is not a single person working more than four days a week and most work two or three days a week. So basically six people are doing the work which could have been done by three, which basically means that there are three less general practitioners working in other practices. Interesting. And that is, yeah, that is quite different from other countries. So, yeah, really interesting to get your view on that. And it has to do, to be honest, sorry to interrupt you there, Matt, but it has to do with also the way we structure funds and and the fiscal system in the Netherlands, which makes it really um, financially unpleasant to work, to start working more hours. So, yeah, our government can really intervene there. Interesting. So let's dive into selection and assessment. Now, uh, this year, you've actually been running awards around uh, assessment products, haven't you? Tell us a bit more about them. Yeah, it's the second year. Last year, uh, we, we talked about all five nominees as well on the podcast, if I remember correctly. We had an, uh, also an assessment award. Uh, it's the Innovation in Selection Award, I call it. And what we'll look, we'll look at the innovative component, the ROI, the DNI component of it, and uh, of course, the actual candidate experience of the selection process. So basically, all points are taken in there. And then we've got a couple of nominees and we've got a group of judges, which I'm not a part of, by the way, um, who will get the winner out of it. And everybody who's innovated anything in selection is allowed to join. And uh, oh, yeah, and we also look at the signs, of course, but that's more of a. a you know, if it's scientifically in, invalid, it won't get nominated. And we're going to talk through the four shortlisted entries. And, you know, obviously within that is is your winner. Before we go into the detail, just sort of tell us generally, what trends are you seeing? What's changed since you did the awards last year? Well, um, the nominees are completely different from last year, or at least most of them are. And I think that's because the trends are war- going it's very sideways, just like the economy might be. What we actually see is that a lot of uh, organizations are now thinking, isn't innovation in selection less selection? So one of the nominees is actually on open hiring. Why should we even select? Because basically everybody can do this job. And we see also a lot of uh, um, what I call giving opportunity where there was none uh, type of selections by not looking at resumes anymore, still a very tough selection, but beyond the privilege of being able to get an education or finishing that education. Okay, so talk us through some of the companies that entered and what what their product was and how they sort of matched up to the, the criteria you were judging on. Well, the first organization which was nominated was PricewaterhouseCoopers, and they uh, use a tool call, called Neuralytics. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, Neuralytics works basically on uh, facial expressions, which is very controversial, yet the science behind this is really cool. And what I mainly look at is things like engagement. They're able to 
um, look at how actually engaged are you on um, the job you're actually applying for. They've done some genius academic research on that a while ago with the University of Utrecht and the University of Ghent in Belgium. And they're also looking at uh, stress resilience and working uh, basically under stressful conditions. Um, and they do that by actually measuring your heart rate, which they can measure with um, the, the uh, with cameras. So what they're doing is they're giving you really difficult cognitive tasks, you know, cognitive tests, which also play a part in it. But they also look at your both your motivation as well as your stress resilience while doing those tasks um, on the camera. And um, the science behind it is just amazing. Every six months, they um, evaluate how accurate their algorithm is uh, with actually having people doing the tests, measuring them on a camera with a, a heart monitor on them so they know the actual heart rates. Apparently, we have a vein in our face somewhere, which is really a great indicator of your heart rate. Wow. I mean, that that is amazing. And as I say, the science sounds fascinating there. I suppose that the thing with the scientific innovation that, that is going on in assessment and is so fascinating is there is a lot of cynicism towards it in terms of, you know, people not necessarily, as you say, it's a controversial area, not necessarily believing that it's giving them the data that they, that they need or that's useful. As part of the awards or, you know, with this entry, is there proof in terms of ROI or how the results panned out just to, to kind of address those questions that people might have? And that's actually the reason they didn't win it, uh, because uh, they're still analyzing the quality to higher ratio. And um, the recruiters are saying, listen, we've got better and more objective behavioral assessments to the individual employees. And because the entire team did it, we're now able to better build a diverse team made of cognitive diversity and of, of different levels of, of uh, stress resilience, etc., which which come to different character traits, but uh, they don't have any hard data yet, and that's actually uh, they scored really high on the innovative component, really low on the ROI, which is basically why they were a nominee and not a winner. Cool. Okay, so we'll we'll wait to hear from them in the future in terms of in terms of how it's working. Tell us about the next one. Next one is called A.S. Watson, who basically uh, run the biggest drugstore chain in the Netherlands, uh, sort of like the boots, I guess, of, of uh, my country. And what they did was actually open hiring. So for their um, warehouse employees, they literally said, uh, these are open hiring days, uh, always on a Saturday, show up between 11 and uh, 4 We'll show you around the warehouse. We'll tell you the job and we'll only ask you one question. Do you want it? And if it is, you can start within a week. And they did two open hiring days and they got in uh, 56 people who would have, uh, of which 80% said they would have never applied if there was any selection process because they've only been rejected for the past years. So, um, and it was so successful that they're now rolling it out towards uh, shops, actually. That's amazing. I had the body shop on a few weeks ago on the show who were also doing some open hiring programs and the results just sound amazing. And I, I, it's so interesting that 
an entry for innovation in, in selection is innovative because it has effectively has no selection. That's that's amazing. Yeah, and we, I, I was very happy that they actually uh, I actually uh, uh, were willing to submit the case because for me, innovation in selection is selecting on criteria which actually matter. And in their case, basically the only thing which mattered is are you willing to show up? And that's what they actually said. If you're willing to show up at an open hiring, you're willing to show up uh, on the next Monday. And that's all we care about. And um, I actually asked them uh, uh, if they saw more ghosting from candidates, but the percentage people not showing up at their first day of work was uh, exactly the average, which they were used to, basically about 10%. That's really interesting. And and, yeah, one extreme from the other, from cutting edge potentially you know unproven science to literally nothing what amazing contrast T- tell us about the tell us about the next entry yeah well, the next entry is called VGZ which is a health insurance firm and they've used a tool which has been on the podcast before as well called brains first to do uh, a trainee selection basically they give them uh, very early on in the process, you know, people still apply with a CV and a, uh, uh, a cover letter, but they will immediately, 100% of the candidates get a brain-based assessment game. And based on the profiles, uh, people will be uh, selected, sent on to uh, basically one day in which there's an interview, et cetera, et cetera. And what they saw was um, that they actually have been increasing diversity and in their case that meant that they've actually been hiring men because for some reason they always hire five trainees every year and it's always been either five women or four women and one man and since they've been using this it's always been a three two measurement either three men or three women and what what's mainly very interesting in this is the fact that a lot of the candidates even the ones who didn't get a job are now very happy because they get the feedback on these are your strengths, these are your weaknesses. Well, here's basically who you are and what you're good at. And does everyone who applies get that feedback? Yes, they get everybody, 100% of the candidates get the candidate report. That's so important as well because that just doesn't doesn't happen everywhere and it just absolutely should. And Brains First, really interesting company, as you say. I, I spoke to them a while ago on the podcast. Again, really interesting science, looking very much at the way that people's brains are structured. But but science has been proven in elite football. So it's interesting that they've been able to to move from elite sport into into other areas and 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 you know, presumably are still getting really great results. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the reasons they also were nominated but didn't win is because basically the time is too short to actually measure if the new hires with the new technology are better than the old hires. With I mean, they increased diversity, but we don't know if they increased quality of hire. So um, that's actually the reason that the fourth company won the award, which is also based on Brains First technology. They're called Building Heroes, and they do construction traineeships. And what they've actually been able to prove is um, basically they hire people, also have them do the brain test, and but they also use those cognitive traits and to uh, coach them during 
the entire process. So uh, the traineeship, um, you get different opportunities. It's a three-year traineeship. You do one year at one of their clients, for example, as a calculator, one year as a foreman, one year maybe as a construction analyst or whatever jobs. I'm not that well-versed in the construction industry, to be honest myself. Um, and everybody has a different brain profile. And what they've been able to do is uh, set people on better traineeships, get a better match, a better fit with the type of jobs they're doing as trainees. And they've been able to reduce the number of people actually quitting during the traineeship with 60%. And yeah, that's just an amazing number. I mean, uh, 60% less attrition uh, is so great. And one of the things they're currently trying to get, but uh, as I said, they have clients, they're basically a staffing firm, is to say, why do you even need a degree in uh, from a college uh, on construction? Because if you've got the brains for it, we know you're good for it and you can learn it. I mean, fascinating stuff. And that that does sound like a, a really compelling mix of science and innovation, but also, you know, very strong ROI and, um, you know, the, the results that come through it, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's... Um, it's it's uh, also again everybody who's rejected uh, now that is practically law in the Netherlands. Basically, the Dutch Institute of Psychologists say that every candidate has the right to the same report as uh, the company gets. So uh, every serious assessment agency in the world in the Netherlands who signed up to the Dutch Institute of Psychologists, which is basically every serious assessment company will demand that you as a company provide that report. That's something I'm always surprised at when I come to the UK and or the US that it's a question, will we give the candidate a report? I'm like, wait, isn't that in your, <laughs> doesn't your, your yeah. Institute of Psychologists demand that? Because for me, it's been so normal, but apparently yeah. other countries aren't that far. They certainly should. And if they don't, then, you know, employers should 100% feel that they have the obligation to absolutely do that. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. A question from, I suppose, your wider work around assessment and selection. So here we obviously have, you know, companies who are innovating and um, in three cases using pretty advanced technology in one case actually going against the you know being contrarian and not using anything not using anything at all but innovating in their process and how they work what does the general market look like is there more adoption of these sort of innovative assessment processes that that's being driven by market circumstances what are you what are you seeing that's different from say 12 or 18 months ago what I actually see is that for the first time, we're actually actually thinking about the skills required to do a job. And we're actually having conversations about what's more important. Is it experience? Is it skills? Or is it maybe uh, organizational fit, value fit? You know, and that, those conversations are finally um, happening, Matt. And that's what I love, you know. What's more important? Is it who you are and do you fit with the values of this organization, which is now something I'm discussing with one of my governmental clients, or is it job fit or is it a job potential? And that's also where the open hiring, of course, comes from, 
we're finally looking at what really matters. And in their case, showing up really matters. And that's the only thing that matters. So it's really innovating by looking at what should we be looking at. And that's a, a trend which I really see taken off. Also because, of, of course, the labor market shortages and all of a sudden we need to open new talent pools. And the cool thing is, the more you look at what, what do we actually need and there's so much more talent out there which we're not getting to because we never looked at what we actually needed. We looked at did you finish a college degree or did you uh, have previous work experience? Absolutely. And it's great to see employers finally shifting their thinking along those lines. As a last question, you know, how do you think these, this is going to develop in the future? So, you know, if we're talking about assessment again in a year's time or even two years time, how do you think things are going to develop further from here? Well, I, to be honest, I have a sort of a grim outlook because I see so many assessments going wrong um, because in part they are not People are using tools which are not fit for them. They listen to the salespeople. They do not have the knowledge themselves. They do not have the knowledge internally. They do not have the budget to hire somebody like, well, to be honest, me or uh, some of my my other uh, people who are independent, who can actually help you select the right tool to select with. And I've seen in the past year as well, so many people saying assessments do not work. And every time I'm like, well, that wasn't a scientifically validated assessment you were using. Or um, I literally uh, recently had a, a company complaining about the crap quality of the assessment, even though I advised them that it was like the worst assessment for their specific uh, cohort they were trying to ap- get to apply because it was very uh, linguistic based. It was a, a, a high level questionnaire assessment. And most of them uh, have Dutch as a second language. And all of a sudden, they're like, well, the results don't come out well. No, of course not. These people don't understand the questions. You bought the wrong assessment tool. Um, And I see that happening so often. I see uh, mainly a couple of really big vendors really pushing, pushing, pushing their tools and not thinking about the quality of the implementation. Um, So to be honest, in 12 to 24 months, I expect that we'll mainly be talking about all the screw-ups. And we got to start over again with actually saying, no, good assessments really do work. You just bought the wrong one. The path to innovation and adoption of new ways of working is never, is never a straight and clear one, is it? There's always these, these ups and downs in the, um, in, in, in the journey. So uh, lastly, just tell us how people can find you and tell us about your podcast. Of course, um, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or every week I am one of the co-hosts of the Talent Savvy podcast with a lot of other practitioners. We talk about all things talent, all things recruitment, assessments as well. Bas, thank you very much for joining me. Always a pleasure, Matt. My thanks to Bas. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope 
you'll join me. This is my show.